third choice in the 2002 draft, the Detroit Lions select Joey Harrington, quarterback from Oregon. The Back Judge Podcast, Lee Murray, Tommy Murray returns, myself, Adam Klepp, excited to be here, uh, get, get through these linebacker prospects, really, uh, an, an interesting group this year, definitely a couple first-round talents, some other, other sleepers that, based on team fit, certain, certain uh, NFL squads might, you know, value more or a little bit less, and we'll just, really excited to kind of get into all of it, but uh, first, I suppose, Tommy Murray wants to uh, have a little response to the... Uh, to the tackle talk. So, uh, Tommy, why don't you just share your your piece about your your rankings, how you kind of saw those guys, and where you may have disagreed with us. Yeah, most definitely. I wanted to uh, thank you guys for holding it down while I was getting down with my extracurricular activities. You guys did a, a really really great great job, and uh, I'm I'm looking ready to get back get back in the trenches with you guys. And I wanted to talk about your offensive tackle rankings. I I'll respond to the cornerback ratings later. I still need to do a little bit more on the tape, but I think we are a little bit more lockstep in the cornerback rankings than we will be with the tackles. And my main point of contention, I guess, comes that uh, I got Jedrick Wills as, as OT1. And a lot of that just has to do with I think he's the most polished of all the linemen. And, uh, and I also tend to value pass protection uh, more than, than run, run, run blocking and, and the run game. And I think it's a passing league. And I think – Getting a guy like Jedrick Wills, it's not like he's he's bad at run blocking. I think he's a very a very solid run blocker. But guys like Andrew Thomas and Mikai Becton, I think are are clearly better than him and and more play with a little bit more punch than him in the run game. But Wills, I just thought um, had the cleanest feet. I'm not a, a like you guys said at the beginning of the podcast. We're all not O line gurus, but we we tend to lean on on you know some people who are and and just kind of like you know trying to see traits that. That translate, and it seemed to me that that Wills had the cleanest technique. He had the he had the best feet. Um, he seemed to be the smartest too. And and I would I would point you guys to that Auburn game. I thought that that was just I mean almost clinical in terms of pass protection, and the way that he was able to handle stunts and all of the you know the different type of rushes that that Auburn threw at him. Uh, it was really no match for Wills, and and I thought he was he was dominant in that game and. Because of that, I just have Wills as my number one offensive tackle. Uh, you know, he played right tackle at Alabama. I don't want to just assume for any of these guys if they played left or right tackle that you can just you know easily move them over at left tackle. I know it's a little bit more of a, a difference in muscle memory and everything like that. So um, I, I got Wills as my number one uh, most complete, highest floor tackle. Uh, at at number two, I had uh, I had Andrew Thomas, like you guys. And this kind of isn't a reflection on ceiling because I think both Tristan Wirfs and Mackay Becton have lar- larger ceilings than Andrew Thomas. But I think Andrew Thomas, you guys both mentioned, three-year starter at Georgia, has pretty much a complete game. I do think that he struggles a bit in pass protection, and I don't think that's really his his strength. But I do think that, um, for the most part, he uh, you know is just a really complete lineman. And I, if you throw on that Notre Dame tape, 
he was bullying guys. Um, I know Aquara got the best of him on, on, on one pass down, but he really was bullying guys in the run game and looks like he really excels uh, when he's doing that. And my number three guy is, is going to be Tristan Wirfs. Wirfs is interesting because I almost want to include him in the interior offensive line category because I do think that he is better suited for the interior. At the next level, it's not that he can't play right tackle. Or, I mean, he played right tackle at Iowa and left tackle at Iowa. Um, but I do think he struggles a little bit with stunts. And if you have him on the on the you know on the exterior of of the line in that Penn State game, Gross Matos and whoever they threw of him on the edge, they started to do a lot of stunts, and he had issues dealing with all the space to his left and into his interior. And I think at guard, you have a little bit less of that space. It's a little bit easier to deal with stunts, and also, you know, having him pull in. Uh, you know, counters and, and, and screens and everything. And I think he could, his athleticism might be a little bit more suited for that. But I do think I got to put Worfs at number three because of his versatility, because of his athletic profile, and because of I do think he's a little bit more refined than, than Becton. Um, but I do think that Worfs, I would love to see him go to, to Arizona at eight because they do have a need at, at right tackle a little bit, but they also have need at guard, and he can really be used well in that, in that Kingsbury system. And at four, I have Becton. And also, this isn't. I don't want to slight Becton. I think that Becton undoubtedly has the highest ceiling out of all of these guys. And if he had the same technique as Jedrick Wills, I think he would undoubtedly be the number one guy. But I do think, Clep, you mentioned in our text message, the the offense that he ran at Louisville is is not really exactly a pro style offense. And most of what he was tasked with doing was just mauling people over in the run game. And I think there's a little bit of. I don't want to say a cause for concern because I don't want to minimize what he's able to do from a physicality standpoint and the type of physical profile that he brings and the skill set that he brings. But that being said, um, we've seen guys, you know, every year, the top, any tackle who's gone on the, t- I mean, the, the bus tackles, Greg, Greg Robinson, Greg Little, Jason Smith, if you want to go back to 2009, these are all guys that were huge hulking dudes who, if you throw on their college tape, they're just plowing over guys on every, on every snap, but then they get to the NFL and, and it's not the same game. And, and, and I don't think that's going to be the case with Mekhi Becton necessarily. I think that he plays with an edge. I don't think he's soft. Um, I just think that he needs a little bit more refinement out of all of them and, and could be a little bit more of a project. I do think that he's probably able to play um, on from day one, but I do think that he needs the most work out of all of these guys that I mentioned before, but at the, at the highest reward because if this guy develops as a pass protector and already has the run, the run blocking skill set that he has, he arguably could be the best tackle in the NFL. And then I had Josh Jones at five. I think he's a good player. I definitely think he's going to go in the first round. Uh, he started three years at Houston. I think he's versatile. I think he could play on the outside or on the inside. Uh, but he just doesn't offer the same upside as any of the guys that we said before. So I guess that'll wrap it up. I think it's a really solid top five guys that we all went over. And I all think they're going to go in the first round. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of just where I stand on the tackles. With that, like, consensus top four, Tommy, for you, like, are they all for sure first round prospects in your in your mind? Um, Jones might be. A, I would put Jones as like a sec. The, the oh, top the top four, four yes, one hundred percent, definitely, definitely. I think any. I think Mackay Becton, you know, last year might have been the first tackle off the board over Jonah Williams. I think this class is just really strong at the top. Um, that any of these guys would probably be number ones in other classes. So I all think they're first round prospects. I think you're underestimating how much of a project uh, Wills made so, me, too. Lee? I mean, he's six, he's six four, and he played right tackle Which, what does that for most mean? of his college career. So, I mean, obviously transitioning to left I'm tackle not, no, isn't no, no, going to no. be the hardest thing in the world, but he doesn't have a lot of repetition That's not, there. I don't think – you know, why, why does he need to be a left he, tackle? He, 
Because if what do you mean? Uh, left tackle is a more valuable position than right tackle. I mean, tackle. I don't. I think that's. Like that, I think that's misleading. I think that's misleading the, because there's a plenty of really good left defensive ends or left edge rushers. And Von Miller's on the left side. J.J. Watt's on the left side. I don't think I. Tommy, why why is left tackle the second highest? Because the majority of quarterbacks are right-handed, but I don't think. Yes, so if you're going to draft a, a, a tackle in the first round, you if, if, if he's going to play on the right side in the first three or four years of his career, they at least would have the hope of transitioning him over to the left sure. side if they're going to spend the fourth pick in the draft sure. on him. All right, and, and I'm just bringing up that he hasn't had a lot of repetition on the left side. He's also 6'4", which is not an ideal size for a tackle in the NFL, and that's a cause for concern as well. He's a guy who I could ultimately eventually see playing inside if it doesn't work out uh, at I think you're for him. like you were saying about I think works. I don't think Wills is as polished and as clean as you may be making making up sound like we were talking about you know pre pre-pot I guess that we just disagree then and I would implore you to I, I just don't I think he's objectively clearly like the most technical tackle I think all of these Andrew Thomas has issues in pass protection. Makai ben- I think if it was objective and clear, then you'd be seeing him go in every mock draft. You'd be seeing him go I think, number or number four to the Giants. Like it would be a bona fide thing, and, and I don't think it's that objective and clear. And I think that you, when when you say things like Wills is clearly the most polished and clearly the number one, but Beckton clearly has the highest upside. That's a conversation that a lot of GMs and in. In, in teams are having on where do they what direction do they want to go in all things considered you know if someone has a higher upside how much worse is he going to be in the first two or three years if he's going to be that much well, better in years four Jordan Love seven, probably has the highest so, upside of any quarterback in this class like I don't like I understand no, what you're saying we're in terms of talking about quarterbacks right now I understand what you're saying in terms of upside but I think the draft like it's about hitting doubles for the most part and if you can hit I think Jedrick Wills not not only do I, it's not only that I think he's a double I think his floor is a double, and I think he has a chance to just be one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL from day one. And I don't think we should be devaluing him or Tristan Wurst, for that matter, because they play on the right side. And I'm not, I mean, I'm look not. At Ryan Ramchick. Look I get at Ryan Ramchick in New Point Orleans. Taken. He's one of the best tackles in the NFL. He was a right tackle at Wisconsin. He's been a right tackle in New Orleans, and he hasn't moved. Obviously, they have Armstead on the left side, but like. Yeah, I mean, he was also like the 25th pick or whatever it is, you know? I, I, you know, I, I understand your point. I get where you're coming from. All right. <laughs> I, I think, I think, like uh, what we're saying is like the reason we had Wills like as our fourth guy wasn't totally because of like we think he's that much less of a player. We just think in terms of the value of the left tackle position that he probably won't play left tackle in the NFL. And with him being six four, that's also a concern. Even though, yes, like the past. Protection is there. It's, I mean, it's still just the thing that he is a little undersized with the tackle position. Therefore, I'm not going to put him as high as a guy like like Becton or or Thomas. And I also did so, want to say in regards to the Cardinals, real quick, that w- I think that would be a great spot for Becton due to the fact that they have a move passing just signed, offense like Louisville just, did. If you want to, Lee, but and if you want to talk about, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if you want, like, he would play right tackle for them. They just re-signed DJ Humphreys. They gave him 45 million dollars over three years. Like he, he it, that's okay for three years. He'd play right tackle then, and he'd have experience playing left tackle. And then when they were comfortable to move him to left in, tackle, they'd uh, move him to left tackle. And Becton also played right tackle at Louisville in his first year. Uh, like so. regardless, I think that him saying that he wouldn't fit with Arizona because of the offense he was in is is ridiculous. Because he's he created huge lanes for quarter the quarterback to yeah, run. Yeah, dude, which but I he's think would be a, an incredible asset for Arizona. I think he's clearly the sloppiest in pass protection out of the like. 
out of those four. Like I, I see all the traits. I see him just completely dismantling people in the Clemson game. Like he was incredibly impressive, but and it's should he's effective in pass protection. Sure, in the yeah, in the ACC, but it's different when you're going up against elite edge rushers who are like. This is where I'm just saying where you guys should be careful of getting too. He still will be able to compete. I understand what you mean in that. Yeah, he may get bullied a little bit his first couple years with with his lack of technique, but he's still going to be able. to I know, but wouldn't you want someone who already has Orlando Brown was drafted? If you want to bring comparisons out, Orlando Brown was drafted two years ago in the third round, and he wasn't even supposed to start, and he Lee, competed just because of his Orlando size. Brown. But the thing technique. with Orlando Brown is he was a first round prospect. He had really good technique, and then he ran like a six flat forty and dropped to the third round. Like Orlando Brown, not he wasn't necessarily ever a first round. Okay, prospect. you know, know what you know what I'm saying though. Like we're we're kind of we're we're kind of going off. My only right point is Jedrick Wills. I think. I don't know if you guys would agree with this. I think he has the highest floor out of these guys. And he, from day one, I think is the most prepared. I think maybe that's true, but it would be somewhat marginal. I don't think it's like like he clearly has the highest floor and there's no conversation to be had about who may have a, a floor within range of, of Wills. Because I think there's a conversation there. I think maybe he has the highest floor, but I think that's why where you compare floor to upside, where do you, you clearly or in this scenario, determining that Wills' floor makes him a better prospect. Adam and I are determining that Beckton's upside makes him a better prospect. Now it's up to the GMs to kind of decide, you know, Gettleman specifically, where what direction he wants to yeah. go. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I don't think it's as cut and dry as, as you're making it out to be. And I don't think we're making it out to be that way with Beckton. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, sh- sh- should we move yeah, on to the move linebackers on. We here? We should move on. All right. Um, so for the linebackers, uh, we looked into, uh, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, Isaiah Simmons, uh, Logan Wilson, Willie Gay, and, uh, Akeem Davis Gaither. Um, quick shout out to Marcus Bailey, Mark Jarvis's number one linebacker from Purdue. Um, Hey, you know, I, Mark Jarvis Island, uh, enjoy it out there. Maybe Dana White's with you. I won't be there. Uh, but you know, Marcus Bailey, Hey, Purdue. It seems seems like I guess he he's a solid player, but some some major knee injuries. I don't know. Uh, I know. He left me unimpressed in the Nevada game, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I know he had the injury issues. I know that he released a Tua esque video. I think of him doing agility drills for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, he was he was he was my the last guy that I I ranked out of all these guys. I don't know. We're kind of all over the board. Let me take it over because I watched a Marcus Bailey film. I feel like I'm the only one who put the work in here. And I'm going to say Marcus Bailey, uh, uh, he surprised me in some areas. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's a guy I would consider in the first, second, or even possibly third round, maybe mid to late third. I see him as kind of a fourth-round prospect, similar to how I saw Nick Kwiatkowski coming out of West Virginia a while back before I was really an analyst, a self-proclaimed analyst. But I think that there may be a future if Marcus Bailey is healthy, um, traditional style of linebacker. He's kind of like a 1980s type of guy, a little bit slower, stockier, but brings that burst physicality and effort. So we'll be interesting to see if uh, where he lands day day three, maybe. Um, so let's let's get into the the ranking as a, as a whole. Um, I'll I'll kick it off, I suppose, and uh, I think we can talk about this a little bit more. Uh, but uh, I think all of us will want to have something to say about Isaiah Simmons, but he was my number one overall player um, of the linebacker group. And 
mainly that just comes from uh, you know the sheer athleticism that not only was displayed at the combine but more than shows up uh, on tape. I mean, he's running a sub four four forty. Um, you know, he was the first player since Khalil Mack to have a hundred tackles, sixteen tackle for loss eight sacks and more than one pick in a, in a season in 2019. So the production is, is clearly there. And he's just a defensive chess piece that really you can frankly put anywhere uh, and, and see, you know, good results. Uh, I had Kenneth Murray uh, number two for me. Uh, I just thought that overall the production over his uh, three years at or the four years, three years as a starter at Oklahoma was, was just solid all around clearly an explosive player. Um, somebody who, um, you, you know, can can cover running backs out of the backfield, but also thump a little bit on the interior, and, and definitely somebody who, when he hits someone, it's not just a, a tackle. He's you know he's trying to drive him into the dirt, and he was the first I read the first defensive captain um, since Gerald McCoy to be elected captain as a sophomore. So really, somebody who at that linebacker position is, is a pure leader. Um, third, I had Patrick Queen. Honestly, I was underwhelmed by Queen. Um, I just. I had heard so much about him in, in the process, and then I watched, you know, Florida. I watched him play Auburn. I uh, watched him play, I think it was Texas. Uh, and overall, it just was like I see the sideline-to-sideline -side ability. I see the splash plays. But overall, I was just – I don't know. It, it, he he has one year of, of production at LSU. He You know, and, and LSU, again, is a linebacker factory. Levante David, Deion Jones, uh, Devin White last year. But overall, Queen, he was just – he seemed okay to me. Uh, just production-wise, I see all the physical traits. Uh, fourth, I had uh, Willie Gay, who I think will end up being a day three pick just because of the off-the-field concerns and complete lack of instincts. Um, Willie Gay tends to kind of bite the first thing he sees. When the offensive line goes one way, he goes with it, no matter what's happening in the backfield or if it's the other way around, something happens in the backfield, he – jumps all over it but then the physical ability is is there um clearly and also in terms of just his energy on the field i loved it he's kind of seems like a guy who's always excited about his teammates making plays excited about himself making plays i mean just something i but the kind of thing that epitomizes willie gay is he comes back from his suspension for you know apparently some you know issues with an academic tutor he comes back against his suspension against kentucky gets a pick six uh, and then gets an unsportsmanlike penalty for celebrating, and then gets an unsportsmanlike penalty later in the game, and is suspended again. So it's just like uh, that's kind of like the Willie Gay, you know, experience. Uh, I had Logan Wilson uh, as number four, and he to me projects as a, a as a day three type of pick, maybe late uh, third round if you know exactly what you want to do with him. Uh, Wilson was a guy I read was uh, kind of recruited to Wyoming as a as a safety. And um, I think that there's definitely traits there of, of uh, he has a lot, you know, high interception production, good coverage ability, but his ability as a linebacker, his, his frame is kind of slight and, and lean, and uh, he doesn't exactly pop off in the Mountain West Conference in terms of being a guy who plays with a lot of strength, and I'm not sure how that's going to translate to the league. And then Akeem Davis-Gaither, I, I loved him as a football player. I just not, I'm not really sure where his role is in the NFL. Uh, he's another guy. I think he's like 225. He weighed in at the combine. Um, he plays all over the app state defense, but he's also doing edge rush stuff that I don't think he has the strength or size for to do in the NFL. And then he's not playing inside. 
uh, as a linebacker. He's mainly playing as an outside backer, even sometimes like Simmons lining up in the slot. So uh, I didn't really just – I liked him as a football player. I liked the energy that he brought, but I just didn't quite see where the NFL fit is. So uh, a day three pick for me in, in my eyes. Uh, Lee, what did you have for these five or six? Um, Sorry. I was pretty much in lockstep with you. The only differences were – um, I had Pat Queen over Kenneth Murray. Um, at, I had Pat Queen at two. Um, I think that Patrick Queen showed towards the end of the season that the progression, naturally fluid, productive, um, really good in coverage, impressed me in coverage, and was able to make plays, like you said, clep sideline to sideline and behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so ultimately, he'd be my number one guy behind Isaiah Simmons. Kenneth Murray came in at third, and I, it was kind of a close third to, for me with Willie Gay. I mean... Watching these two guys, Kenneth Murray, you obviously can see where the future is. Like you said, the leadership traits, uh, captain as a sophomore, and how I've said on a, a prior podcast, how he's kind of knocked out the, the interviews in the, in the combine, knocked those out of the park, and how people were kind of raving about what type of character he has. Um, so ultimately, he comes in at three basically because of off-the-field character stuff. But when it comes to just straight up being a football player, I think Willie Gay might be a better linebacker than, than Kenneth Murray naturally right now watching the tape. I mean, Willie Gay, Clep, totally in lockstep with you that lazy reads, late to gaps occasionally due to lazy reads, careless play, um, sometimes very ignorant play and, and, and playing, you know, without any um, consciousness for how he's affecting the game long term or his, you know, his career long term. But <clears throat> The highs are extremely high. I mean, this is a guy who you throw on some of the highlight plays of, of Willie Gay, and he looks like Devin Bush to me, going sideline to sideline, pursuing the football, making extremely physical tackles. Um, like you said, playing with passion, just a guy who really gets after it. So some tape of, of Willie Gay really excited me, and for that reason, even with the off-the-field stuff, Club, I still could see this guy going in the second round or yeah, at the very latest, the third round. So. It wouldn't think, shock me, but the thing I also just think of the, the just the draft process this year for these GMs as well. Totally, the lack of in person stuff. Like, it, yeah, I just and, and he's just a guy who's I you know he whereas like you know the red flags aren't like you know crazy, but it's like what's this guy gonna do when he just has all the time in the world and totally a bunch of money? Yeah, and, no, and I mean he just, needs to he needs to get his 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 priorities straight, obviously, and that that's gonna that already has costed him a lot and. You know, the more mistakes he makes, the more it will cost him. So it's early right now for him, and he needs to understand that and, and you know, move forward, uh, move his best foot forward. But I kind of want to get more into just a little bit Kenneth Murray, kind of the downsides, because he is a really effective player and was popped off on tape for that Oklahoma defense as clearly a leader and effective player who made tackles all over the field and is a great athlete. But just similar to how I scouted uh, Caleb on Chasen, the balance in pursuit mm-hmm. where it seems like, you know, he's being so effective in his pursuit of the quarterback and all of a sudden he's stumbling and then he's on the ground and, and the quarterback makes a throw down the field or, you know, um, the duck tackling and kind of just the, 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 the clunkiness overall and the lack of fluidity that in, in coverage and in pursuit of the, of the football that Patrick Queen has ultimately is why um, Kenneth Murray fell down my, my chart. And then just to finish it off, I think, I'm in lockstep with you again, Clap, with uh, Akeem davis Gauthier as a guy who uh, points out as kind of a Seahawks pick. He's <laughs> someone who they can pick and fi- find a place for him on that defense. I don't know, because he's kind of a tweener between linebacker and safety, but a guy who gets after it, clearly a good athlete, clearly plays with uh, some serious passion. And then I throw Marcus Bailey in over Logan Wilson. I was pretty underwhelmed by Logan Wilson fully. 
And I think I got to give Marcus Bailey a little credit for the uh, the season he put forward in 2018, and and, and how I think he projects um, as you know a rotational linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think I tend to be more on Lee's side of, of this debate. Just to to touch on Isaiah Simmons because Lee did not, and I'm sure he agrees with everything that I said. But I thought we were going to open that box a little bit later. If that, I'll, well, I mean, whatever, we, let's, I'll just. We, I mean, we can open you. it now. I mean, the dude is just a complete unicorn. I just, it's he's probably. I was going to say, I mean, he's more of a well, safety the way, the way I. I, I wrote it down it. here. It's just like middle linebacker, outside linebacker, strong safety, nickel. And then he plays out, he'll play outside corner on like big tight ends. If you put him like for red zone stuff and everything. Uh, he was on Thad Moss. I know in that championship game on the outside. I mean, just the versatility is just completely insane. And, and probably some of the most fun tape I've ever watched in my short scouting career, just watching the plays that, that this guy can make um, and just how competent he is in coverage. And that's really what's the most attractive thing to me about Isaiah Simmons is I think as we we, talk, we touched on, you know, with Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen even, and, and Willie Gay, um, that you can find a lot of guys that are going to go downhill with, with reckless abandon, but the, the coverage really is the valuable trait um, in the NFL now, especially at that position. And just the chess piece, like you said, Klepp, well, you know, all the different positions that he can play, um, you know, I, I just think that he, you know, is head and shoulders above the competition at, at linebacker and is one of the best, you can make an argument, is the best player in this class uh, because of the skill set that he brings. Um, Lee, I don't know if you want to add on to that before I get into my, my other guys. Um, I guess I'll find a somewhat comfortable position for me here as playing devil's advocate on Isaiah Simmons is that um, I don't think he's the pick for the Lions at three. Um, and part of that is just solely because I don't believe in the Lions' uh, ability to develop him. But I also don't believe in a lot of teams' ability to develop him, and, and, and I think that a lot of teams could screw this up. I think he's almost like a golden goose, where he's clearly an incredible football player um, who is destined for success, but... And the coverage is incredible, I, I'll, I will admit that. But I don't know if I'm convinced that Isaiah Simmons can be a three or four down pure linebacker in the NFL who's making plays downhill consistently and going up against linemen on a consistent basis pursuing the football. I just think that when he got locked in with linemen from time to time, he got beat Definitely. straight up. And did you, I, I felt, Lee, that he came in high a lot too. He did come in high, and that this is my biggest note on him. I, my, my biggest positive on Isaiah Simmons was if this guy's playing spy, there's not a quarterback in the NFL yeah. who can beat him one-on-one in yeah. the open field. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, you name it. Not a single yeah. quarterback can beat this guy. He covers so much ground. He's so long. He's so effective. Did but, you watch that Georgia Tech play? Where, I, mean, I, I did, was yep. playing yeah, that, like I, yeah, he's like on the opposite said, hash mark. Super he, fun to scout. I yeah. watched five games. I watched five of his games. But my biggest downside was this guy clearly relies on his freakishness and has for a while. Because if he was not as much of a freak as he is, he would technically would not be uh, would not be that great of a football player in some instances um, that I found were you know clear on tape. And uh, I think he's a project pick. I think he's definitely more of a project pick than some people maybe. If, uh, admitting, and I think this is a guy who, it, at least right now, just watching the tape, he looks like a safety if, to me. He doesn't look like a linebacker. If I can, so if I can butt in, yeah, I just think I think looking at Derwin James and the way that he's been used in LA, I know a lot of people bring this up, but I think that is kind of just the the baseline position that he's in to kind of play, where he's going to be a safety, he's going to be in the box, you're going to put him on tight ends, you're either going to put him on you know slot receiver sometimes or in the nickel. And you just want him to be around the mm-hmm. football, basically. But I completely, I, I, you know, shame on me for not bringing that up. But you guys are completely right. He does rely on his freakishness a bit, and he does tend to get mauled. You know, when he goes in the trenches, he's not exactly. 
I don't think he could play, you know, an edge consistently in in a in a three four or something yeah. like that. Um, and to to point out and Lee, I think you made a really good point about the Lions because I originally had you know me and Dolan both have been hyping up Isaiah Simmons the Lions. He's got to be the pick, and especially now after the signings they made with bringing in Deron Harmon and and Jamie Collins, it seems like it would kind of be a luxury pick for them. And you know, as much as that would be, and and I completely agree with you that I just don't necessarily see the fit with him uh, in Detroit. I don't know if you yeah. guys. My my only pushback with that though is you hear so much Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia talk about versatility, yeah. versatility, versatility. And it's even like last year drafting Jelani Tavai, guy who plays on the edge, guy who plays on, you know, in the middle, guy who plays, you know, even, you know, can can shoot A gaps and stuff like that. And it's like, here's your guy. Yeah. Like, you know, here's your versatile, <laughs> yeah. here's your yeah. dude, right? Like yeah. all I hear about Matt Patricia, multiple, multiple. Oh, we don't know what the defense is. We're not a four three, we're not a three four, we're whatever the hell we are. And so far yeah. it sucked because all we have are slow fat guys. And here's 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 your unicorn. Here's Charlie. Here's Charlie the unicorn. Plug him into your defense. Like that's that's my pushback. The golden goose. Club, I completely I agree with you, man. And and I think a part and a point that I've made on previous podcasts is I want the Lions to take Isaiah Simmons because I want Patricia to be tested. I want to see what I want to see the defensive the defensive exactly. genius. It's like okay, here's Isaiah Simmons or Derek yeah. Brown, like. Do you want your your fat two gapper, or do you want this guy who who like I said earlier, 100 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, eight intercept or eight yeah. sacks, two like three picks. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it that's that's just kind of where I and like I couldn't and like I couldn't agree with you more. It's like okay, they signed Jamie Collins, who back when he did the combine tested somewhat similar to Simmons. You sign a guy like Deron Harmon, who who was kind of like a you know toolkit in in, uh, in New England and whatever. It's 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 tough to say. I mean. Um, Lions then, sidebar real quick. I'm sorry because this question is yet to be answered for me. Who is playing the outside rusher or Devon Kennard role? I don't. I think it's Jamie but, Collins. And then who's, because who's the coverage guy then? Yeah, it is. It's Jamie Collins. So is he going to do both? So they don't okay. have one. Okay, all right. They all don't right. have one. Uh, ideally, ideally at number three, they can draft a time machine so they can go back to the <laughs> '70s where Jared Davis and Jelani Tavai would be good football players. Let's. Um, yeah. I'm going to continue on because uh, you just brought up something that I uh, I had Patrick Queen at two, and I think Lee really summed up a lot of the, you know, yes, the production isn't there with a guy like like Kenneth Murray, but I thought Queen has popped off the tape. I think he's better in coverage than Kenneth Murray. I think he might, I mean, maybe their sideline ability is, is pretty much the same, but I do think he's better in coverage. I do think he is a little bit more disciplined and has better instincts for that matter. And and I love just what he did in the championship game, just being the, the MVP for them, their defensive MVP in the championship game, coming up in, in you know the big moment, and that kind of edged him out over Kenneth Murray for me. And, Lee, I completely agree with you with Kenneth Murray and Willie Gay. I kind of see them, see them as, as kind of similar in ways, and I really like Kenneth Murray a lot. Um, the intangibles clip that you brought up are all very valid and, and are enticing. But to talk about Gerard Davis, he kind of gives me some Gerard Davis vibes a little bit. I don't know. I yeah, don't know how competent definitely. he is in coverage in terms of covering running backs. And Lee, you've sent some clips. We've all. I mean, I think we've all seen him. He has yeah. is mm-hmm. just reckless going downhill sometimes with the tackling angles that he takes, and it reminded me a lot of Gerard Davis. And even going back to what in 2017 with his Florida tape, when I was, you know kind of watching Gerard Davis of Florida it was a lot of the same splash plays that Kenneth Murray was making where he's just a bullet out of a gun going 100 miles per hour and blowing someone up in the backfield and that just doesn't translate as well at the next level and I think with Willie Gay just to bring up Willie Gay real quick I think they kind of are similar players Willie Gay is even thicker than him which is he's 6'1 
Willie Gay was born to play linebacker, man. 6'1", 243, um, he's listed out at the site that I'm on. And and just to push back against your guys' character concerns, because I heard that at first, too, when he first was coming up. But And, Clep, you mentioned it. It was all academic stuff, which I'm not trying to belittle, but I don't think that that is something I'm too worried about. The, the word up. Yeah, but he got in a fight with the quarterback too. Dude, like, he's a fool, this, man. Oh, oh. Look at the resume. You're you're only you're piecemealing the resume. The, There's more. It's not just I know, academic. But it's nothing criminal. There's so more it's like to something it. criminal, and I don't I don't think. But it's consistent. It's consistent behavioral word, issues. From what I've it's heard, the word flag. is out of Mississippi State, and you can take this with a grain of salt. Is everyone loves him and he's a great kid, and he cheated on a test. Oh, Mississippi State. Oh yeah, Mississippi State. They're saying he's a I'm great just saying, kid. You see, <laughs> I'm not saying he has the same tape. Mississippi State's head coach just tweeted a picture of a noose a week ago. So I, I wouldn't necessarily just did. harp on how Mississippi State sucks. Yep. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I just think that I don't I don't think there's a chance he's there. Mississippi State is like, what's it called? It's like last chance you, but D1. I don't think there's a uh, – my point is I just don't think there's a chance he's there at day three. I mean, I would be really shocked. I don't think that the disciplinary issues – I know that it's a little bit clouded now with the whole virus and everything, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be available in the fourth round just because – I think he is so close to Kenneth Murray and the type of side-to-side no side and the type of skill set that he brings uh, to the table. But you guys, I think him and Murray have, have similar strengths and weaknesses in terms of, you know. If there were no character concerns, I'd have Willie Gay over Murray yeah. on my board. Like, almost yeah. without a doubt. I would not. I would not. I, would. I think I think you're overshadowing how bad the the instincts can be at, at points. I mean, he takes him out, himself out of a lot of plays just overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, think I also the will say that they're there, just like, but I yeah. just, I mean, if you, you know, come on, I mean, like, and it's like, I know, I mean, I know I, we've never met this man before, but it's like, you're cheating on a test at Mississippi State. Like, are you going to put in the work to, <laughs> uh, to like be able to diagnose? I think that's unfair. Man. Like, I think that's unfair because all of these kids are cheating. I like, come on, let's, let's I know, be real. I know, Tommy, but still, it's just, I'm just saying that overall, Willie Gay <laughs> Out of all these guys, is it, by far the worst at diagnosing like what's happening I, on the football I agree field. with that. I agree with that. Like by far, and it's not going to get any easier in the NFL. Yes, compared to the other guys, he has a lot more to like in terms of physical ability, but he is horrible at diagnosing plays. Yeah, horrible. No, I think that I think that's fair. Horrible. Um, so I I would not even if he was, you know, yeah, crystal crystal clear best you know guy off the field. I I still would not have him over Queen. Or yeah. Murray. Uh, I think I think that's completely fair. Uh, I, I I had Akeem Davis uh, Gauthier, is that how you pronounce it? Um, as my fifth Gaither. Gaither. Okay, cool. I had him as my uh, my fifth ranked linebacker, and I think I mean we all talked about. What do you think he projects? I as, think though, well, I like, think he's going to have to be like a a sub a, a sub package outside linebacker kind of. Yeah. I don't think like you said, Club. He's not going to be an edge rusher. I don't think he's a Mike. I think he would have to be kind of your. A little bit of a traditional, and we're seeing it like a guy like Jeremy Chin, not to go to safeties, but a lot of people are saying that Jeremy Chin's going to be an outside linebacker in the NFL and kind of play like that will roll in a 4-3. And I could see the same thing happening uh, with Akeem. So I do think that he's a little bit more of a project pick, but I do think that, you know, the measurables are there. The ath- he's, he's not big enough to, he's not big enough. We could put, you got to put some weight on Jeremy, if he wants to be a, a bat, like a well, true back. I don't think there's a lot of true backers anymore. I think we're starting to see high, like a guy like Jeremy. He has kind of the same profile as Jeremy Chin, Kyle Duggar. Dude, Jeremy Chin is bigger than this dude. Yeah. Jeremy Chin is two inches taller than this dude. Well, it, it, and Jeremy Chin, Chin is six, built four? Like, like Saquon. 
Chin is six okay. three. Well, Akeem Akeem's listed at six two. Where I'm looking at, I don't know if that's if that's false. He's, he's six okay. one and a half. All right. So 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 Chin's got an inch and a half on him, and Chin and they're the same weight. But I think Chin is just the way Chin is built. I mean, Chin also put up comparable numbers to Isaiah Simmons at the combine. That would, well, Chin which, is like Isaiah Simmons yeah. kind which of I don't in a way where he can play uh, every Akeem position Davis, on the field. Gaither would yeah, do it no, all. No. So that's yeah. that's fair. Not that, and that's not saying Akeem Davis Gaither no, is a bad athlete no. either. I just brought up Chin in terms of the the word with Chin is like he's probably not going to play safety. He's going to be kind of in the box or playing like a weak side linebacker role. And I could see the same with you know I don't think he has the same floor as Chin, but I do think you could project uh, Akeem to that level. And I'll wrap this up real quick. I had Logan Wilson as my next guy. Um, I, I kind of agree with you, Klepp, where he's he's a bit limited and you kind of have a need to play for him. He's he's a bit slender, but he he produced over four years. I do think that he's he's a good heady linebacker, and I think he's smart, but. Uh, he probably needs to add a, uh, some more pounds and and just you know, I think he's 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 a backup linebacker pretty much. Is is the... I wanna I wanna I wanna shatter Klepp's dreams of this guy ever playing safety in the NFL. No, I never said that. That's not what I said. Uh, is that what you? Well, I, I, I thought you were saying he that was, he, maybe he was recruited as a safety. As a safety. Recruited. But you were saying that, that that he might move back in the NFL at all? Or no, no, I was okay. saying that he has he brought those coverage abilities to the linebacker position. Sorry okay, if I was well, unclear. Sorry if I was unclear. Because I, when I was, yeah, I no, just thought he would not he play was, safety in the NFL. Yeah, he's 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 slow, man. He's he's yeah. not uh, he's not very fast. He's not a natural athlete. I didn't find him to be nece- necessarily good in coverage. I thought he was like pretty pretty good for he has Wyoming interception and, production and, though. So. Yeah, totally. But I, you know, I just thought all things considered that there wasn't enough to be excited about. Oh, um, I I mean I agree. Him. I think he's a day three kind of pick. Yeah, I think you I think you have to pair him with you know some type of already yep. bumper. And you mm-hmm. and you bring him in kind of as your as your coverage, you know, Jack linebacker or something yeah. like that. Um, just to turn the conversation um, back to Simmons for a second, Tommy, I like kind of agree with what you said, even as someone who's obviously way more optimistic about the Lions' season this upcoming year. Is like I don't personally want them to draft Isaiah Simmons, but I'm not going to be mad if they did because it would almost be like them admitting to me. You know, this we're going to do this. This is our guy, and, and, and we're going to find a role for him. And then it's going to be pretty clear, you know, whether or not that's a success, like a success, well, you know, this upcoming year and the year after and I'm that not, or whatever. And I'm not it's trying to put you on the thing. spot and make this a, a complete Lions talk, but I've heard from – I mean, I know I don't want to group you and Connor together, but I think the fact that you don't have confidence in them to develop Isaiah Simmons with the, the caveat that you don't think a lot of – you don't have a, confidence in a lot of teams to develop Isaiah Simmons – and then someone like Connor, I know this is kind of a non sequitur saying that, well, if the Lions take a CUDA at three, I'm off. And I just, I, I kind of just want to know, like, like, what is the, where is the faith in this organization, you know, to like make the right decisions and everything like that. And like, I think it's just the pressure of, of the, of the valuation of the board and, and, and what to expect come draft day with the third pick and everything that's going to, you know what I mean? That that's what all I'm saying is with, with the Okuda conversation or the Simmons conversation is this is all things considered. I don't want the Lions to take Simmons, all things considered, being their roster, the board considered, and, and, and with the film that I've watched where I think the safest decision for them to move forward and win now yeah. would be. Because that's, that's, that's honestly, while also having the future in mind, but winning now would be what I would prioritize. And I would, I'll say it right now, I think I would rather have Okuda at three um, than Simmons, to be honest, because I think Okuda you can bring in and have confidence that's going to be a number one who may go through 
you know, I, you know, I don't think he's going to be winning defensive rookie of the year as a rookie or anything like that. But I have confidence that he can be a true number one down the line and someone do, who can be, you know, a bolster for the secondary. Do you think he'd be their number one from day one? Like, do you think he's better than Trufant right now? Oh yeah, yeah, I, okay. yeah, I definitely do. Okay, I definitely right. do. But I don't. But 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 I don't. You know, yeah. I don't know. We'll 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 see. It's gonna. When we see the the cards that the that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are holding, you know, I hope to be at least impressed. That's definitely. All. And Tommy, I, I think I think the what everyone is kind of feeling as like Lions fans is that they want to come out with more than just the number three definitely. pick in the first round of the draft. Yep. When the night ends, I think Lions fans ultimately want more than that number three pick just because of literally. I mean, every you know, it's been like this you know ever since. Um, you know, the draft order was set in terms of like the regular season ending where everyone's like the draft starts at yeah. three. The draft yeah. starts at three. You have Burrow and Young are like, clearly the top two players and both of those teams are going to take him and the draft starts at three. And so I think, you know, you're as a Lions fan. I mean, here's the thing though. There's going to be a lot of idiot Lions fans who, if they stick there at three and pick Okuda or, or like who or Derek Brown or whoever are just going to be like, pissed off for no reason whereas like you don't know what was offered right like you don't know what teams were willing to give up to move up to that number three spot um you know it's 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 all going to be kind of but but at the end of the day it's like people have run out of faith in quinn and and patricia so whatever as they they should is going to get criticized until they win on the field so no i I um yeah we can we can move off of the i i wanted to say with isaiah simmons i think you know, in terms of the linebacker project, projection, you hope that he's, you know, Tremaine yeah. Evans. And, and a guy who, you know, can can irritate passing lanes, easy coverage against tight end and linebackers, brings pass rush ability. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds has been has been awesome in Buffalo, and his career is, like, just getting off the ground. I mean, he's, you know, he's still 21. He'll be 22 at the start of next year. Um, as and also is, is a leader on that defense. So and, and Simmons as well was a captain at Clemson. So I think when you look at linebackers, like if you're drafting Simmons and you as the team project him to be a linebacker, like that's what you're hoping for. Would, um, with with what he can become in the NFL. Do you guys think Simmons is about? 15 uh, well, I was about to say. Do you guys think? I know, I know. Andy's about two inches taller. So mm-hmm. I, I, I. Do you yeah, think Simmons should you know, put on I, weight? I understand that that you know comparison isn't isn't you know airtight, but. I feel like that's what you want. It's the athletic freak who, but and then and then Edmonds, you know, even uh, he played at like as a pure linebacker at Virginia Tech. Yep. So it's 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 all of those things considered. But I just think when you say okay, linebacker, like I know he's a unicorn, you can move him all around, but at some point he has to have a position. Like he's got to have something mm-hmm. that he's playing a majority of the time. I mean, this is the NFL. You have dudes that you're paying at all these positions. It's not like college where you can just have him be. Yeah. You play well, defense, and it's like. That doesn't fit every team. Me, role. me personally, just to, I think that I, if I had to bet, I see him as a safety in the NFL. I think, like in the way, same way that Derwin James is listed as a safety, because he's not as. It's like a box safety. A box, well, a box safety where it's like he's not, you know, uh, like he's a box safety who can cover. Like, it, see, but the thing is, like, I think you're losing a lot of Isaiah Simmons' value if you don't keep him around the line. I agree. Coach. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I don't. The thing so, with Tremaine, like like Lee just pointed out, with Tremaine Edmonds being bigger, having 15 pounds on him, being an inch taller than him, like and and how we talked about how Isaiah Simmons has issues kind of getting in the muck sometimes when he doesn't have a free lane, you know, busting up the A gap or the B gap, he tends to get, uh, you know, kerfuffled by by bigger linemen. 
So, I, I mean, I do think his – I completely agree with you, Clef, that his value is along the line of scrimmage. But we also saw him playing deep safety for, for Clemson, putting Tanner Muse in the box and having Isaiah Simmons go sideline to sideline and cover, you know, as a deep safety. So the possibilities are kind of, are kind of endless with him. But, I mean, he wasn't really covering. Well, no, he's, he's – I would push back. I mean, he, they're throwing him back there and saying play center yeah, field, well, that's what basically. I meant. And he's really that's good at doing that. And he's a great athlete and he's extremately instinctive. But, you like Klepp was saying, man, you can't do that in the NFL. And, that and, 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 and I, I would push back a little. I don't know if he's like, – I, I did see moments on tape, and it's not overly consistent, and there's you know examples of him you know being great in zone coverage, but I did find him to be occasionally um, influenced – you know, by quarterbacks where they're yeah. looking. So I, I, I did think see that as a thing on film too. He's, so. he's really good in coverage, but again, same thing with all other dimensions of his game. In coverage, still relies on his athleticism and, and freakishness to, to get away with things in coverage yeah. too. Does the same, still has been relying on those traits the whole time kind of. And I mean, I think he can get away with them, but I really do think, and it may be an unpopular opinion, but that inch and 20 pounds may be the difference between him being a starting NFL linebacker who can find consistent success as a linebacker in the NFL and, and a tweener who, you know, will have to tweak up his cover skills and ability to be more fluid and Derwin-like, I guess, as a safety, you know? Yeah, I mean, whoever um, drafts him, you know, must must absolutely, absolutely have a plan for him. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, Lee, did you want to, maybe before we move on to these uh, props, I know you watched a lot of linebackers kind of even before we got into these uh, yeah. you know, position groups. Was there anyone else? Because honestly, I feel like behind Queen and, and um, Murray, I know we all like Willie Gay, but there's issues there where he might end up being off some teams' boards just in general. So in terms of some of these day two backers that we might see go or just guys you like as sleepers, who did you kind of see before um, – yeah, or in your previous scouting of other guys that we didn't touch on today? Um, there are three names that come to mind, Clep, and the first one I want to talk about most importantly would be Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, and I think that's a guy that you watch a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just saw him popping up a lot when I watched Okuda, when okay. I watched Young, and when I watched Arnett. I just saw him yeah. you know, around the ball. He, he kicked off my film-watching year this year, actually. Um, so he was the first guy I could probably use a revisit of going back and watching him. But I loved what I watched of, of, of him. Um, and, and although he's not, you know, very fluid in coverage, and, and obviously, you know, I think he, he's somewhat of a liability in coverage, um, he is a high-floor player, I think, who was a tackle machine and always did his job, knew his responsibility, smart player who was crafty and, and I think was a big part of that Ohio State defense um, and a lot of that was complimentary plays off of Chase Young's back um, and whatnot. But I still think that he absolutely has a has a starting role in the NFL in the future. And, and I think we could even see him getting plucked as early as the second round with how the linebacker uh, depth shakes up this year. And then the second name that would come to mind would be Troy Dye, who is a guy who I watched all year during the college football season and revisited in the offseason. I was excited to kind of weed through the tape because I was interested to see why he wasn't a little bit higher ranked on some of these big boards. Um, and I realized that he is similar to kind of Isaiah Simmons in a way. I don't want to put him in that category because he's not the same type of athlete or playmaker, but a 6'4 guy who's kind of skinny, and he has that grit and, and, and physicality, and you can see where he can play linebacker, but going to have to put some weight on to be able to take on the uh, offensive lineman in the NFL because he could hardly take on the offensive lineman at the collegiate level. But extremely instinctual, natural athlete, and someone who is lights out in coverage. I would say out of all the linebackers I watched, um, one of the one of the best in coverage, so I think could be a sneaky high value pick for a team like the Lions, who 
could use that depth at linebacker, and maybe with a later round pick, if he falls to the third round, they could bring in a guy who they could rely on to cover a little bit. Um, but but the, there's a little bit of a worry there if they're you know possibly bringing in another Killebrew. That's not the situation you want to have uh, in, in Detroit. Um, but I don't think that will be the case. And then lastly, Evan Weaver at a Cal is a guy who was an absolute tank. Uh, slow as molasses. I'll say it off the bat, but <laughs> but but he makes plays, man. Makes plays all over the field. He's a tackle machine. Kind of looks like a defensive tackle wearing number eighty-nine playing linebacker. But he moves around and makes plays. And uh, I think he can fit in as as a rotational player, fourth maybe fifth round pick for one of these teams that falls in love with him because. He did wonders for uh, Justin Wilcox and that defense at Cal this year. And Lee, if I could just butt in real quick before we move on, um, I think it's a really interesting conversation from like a philosophical team building standpoint and how you want your team to look, and a lot of you know just what you value in terms of stopping the run versus stopping the pass, and what type of linebacker you want. Um, you know, with a guy like Troy Dye versus Malik Harrison. Um, I haven't watched a ton of Malik Harrison, but I do know that he pops off as just a He's gonna be he can he's gonna be able to stop the run I think in the NFL kind of in his sleep but it just comes he's a great support yeah player, it's just gonna yeah. come down to like a lot of teams are attacking linebackers now with slot receivers and tight ends and you need linebackers I think and, and running, running backs back. exactly of course back. how could we forget yeah. um, so Car- I know how you could forget because you hate running backs That's <laughs> I don't why. hate running backs just not on the not on the first round um, so. Uh, yeah, all I just wanted to say is it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, and we're, I think we're trying, starting to see the NFL and college football shift towards that where you get skinnier linebackers who are better in coverage and not a bunch of Gerard Davis and Jelani Tavias who are the kind of the throwback thumpers. So, um, and I would put Malik Harrison kind of in that, in that conversation too. I, I'm not, you know, I need to br- brush up on his coverage a little bit, but, the, you know, it's just a philosophical question that I think is going to be interesting. I think yeah. Things. I think Lee Harrison's a little more fluid as an athlete than Gerard Davis is an athlete. He's just yeah. an idiot. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think it's it's and, you know it's an interesting linebacker class. And again, I think it's just one of those things where once you kind of get past the Murray Queen Simmons and then uh, Lee, I agree. I think you know Willie Gay ultimately ends up being a day two pick. Town is just mm-hmm. too too heavy there. It's going to kind of be a pick your poison behind these guys in terms of, of where they start falling, which which I feel like has been a common theme at least with with all the positions that we've gone through. I could um, see Malik Harrison and Troy Dye going before Willie Gay though, just because of the off the field stuff, and because yep. I think both those guys can hold their own in that conversation. Um, shall we uh, shall we get some of these props here? Let me. Let's. All right, should we do trivia at the end? Oh, oh! I forgot, Tommy. No, let's do Let's do. Let's get the trivia. Let's get the going. trivia going. Let's Come go on. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm doing the classic clep uh, format where I'm gonna have two players, I think, and if you guys are tied, we'll we'll do a third. Is that is that cool? All I, right. I, yep. I think the first one. So I'm. Not, I do. I tell you position or not? Refresh me, clep. Sorry. It's a, it's it's however you want to do okay. it. Okay, I think this one. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but I think this one is. This is gonna be a quick one just to get you guys going. All right. This player was a first-round pick, number 23 overall in the 2003 draft to the Buffalo Bills. Had a very decorated college career um, and suffered an injury in the national championship game. I might have given it away right there before that. Oh. Dropped to the 23rd pick, and despite suffering the gruesome injury in in the championship game, had a very productive NFL career and... Ted Ginn? What's that, Lee? No, Ted not Ginn? Ted Ginn. You're off by four years. Oh. 
He got injured in the championship. 2002 or 2003 national championship game versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't know. I'm thinking of then I just got the wrong guy. Oh, oh well. Should I tell? I'm going to tell you the position. He was a running back. Okay. From Miami. Oh, Frank Gore. Willis McGahee. Ding, ding, ding. All right. That was kind of all right. Now this is the guy that I really wanted to get in the trivia because I think this one's a stumper, and I know Lee should know this guy, and I'm assuming Klepp will too. Another 2003 NFL draft pick to the Miami Dolphins. He was picked in the sixth round, 2000 or 213 overall, and made the Pro Bowl in 2009 on that Dolphins team. Played there from 2003 to 2011. Went on to the Jets in 2012, the Cardinals in 2013 before retiring. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown. He are all, all, he was a safety. Went to Eastern Kentucky. Oh man, Dolphins. Think of Jets, those classic Cardinals. Late two thousand. Antrell Roll. I forgot. To be honest, I forgot about who this guy was, and then I was watching two thousand eight Miami Dolphins highlights against the Ravens, the Wildcat team. I know I'm going to kick and, myself after this. And this was a classic this. baller of our childhood that we forgot about. Great name. Oh, man. I, I mean, this I is, probably has his, have his football card. You, you probably do, Clark. This is um, devastating. This is devastating. Should I give up the ghost? Yeah, no. I, don't, I don't. I'm out. Give it 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds. Dolphins, 2003 to 2. Jim nope. Leonard. Made the Pro Bowl. Jim Leonard went to Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure, right? He went to oh, Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. Oh. Oh, man. This is a tough one. You ready yeah. for it, Lee? Jeremiah yeah. Bell. Jeremiah Bell, yeah. Pro Bowler. Yeah, I wasn't going to guess that. I wasn't. I, I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't more obvious because that's such a you thing that he was just such a cheat in one yeah. of those Maddens, dude. And like Madden eleven, he was like an eighty-seven overall, and he was like thirty-five yep. years old. And you could sign him in free yep. agency or something like that, and you could have a great placeholder for one year at strong yep. safety because he'd be an eighty-seven yep. overall. Yes, sir. You know exactly where I'm at. Say say less. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for indulging the, tri- yeah. uh, the trivia, boys. I'm gonna. I'll be back. I'll be back with some more trivia because I like this. This this uh, this game. Not a big trivia guy. It kind of exposes me in some areas. You know, I said Jim Leonard. I should know more about Jim Leonard than to. It's funny you said that, Lee, because in this game you know? that I was watching, Jim Leonard was on the uh, the Ravens, and that Ravens defense completely destroyed yeah. Chad Pennington and the Dolphins. Two thousand eight. That's awesome. Well, I was just getting nervous, and I heard Jets and safety, and I was like, "Oh yeah. shit, Jim Leonard." Well, there it is. Thanks for playing, guys. Let's move on to the props. Let's get to some of these props. Let's get to some of these props because I think some of them are interesting. Um, these are courtesy of my bookie, um, and there's there's one there's one that I, I really I really like potentially. I'm not sure though. I want to see how you guys think of it. Um, but we'll start don't, with don't tip your hand. We'll start with uh, C D Lamb. Uh, twelve and a half. Does he go over or under the the, the twelve twelve and a half? I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say under. That's that is right where the line should be, though. I'm gonna say over. I think the Raiders. I, are the I would only say team under. Would I think him. somebody trades up for one of these receivers into the. There we go, Clep. You're drinking the Kool Aid, baby. Let's go. 
is one of it's yeah. I I think somebody. Yeah. I think this receiver over. class. I mean, the top three guys are are too talented for one of them not to go top ten. But I don't love a lot of the fits. But I think there's a chance that you know one of these teams in the top ten surprises with the receiver pick, um, or somebody jumps up into that into that mold. So. Yeah, I mean, you know me, guys. I think top three receivers in the or top three receivers in the top fifteen, I think, is a virtual lock in my book. I just, I don't see. I mean, the Jets. I think, like you said, like we said, with this number, if no one trades up, the Jets, the Raiders, the 49ers, uh, the Buccaneers, if they want to get real luxury, and then the Broncos. I think those are all teams who could potentially draft a receiver. So, the Buccaneers aren't taking. Well, yeah, they're probably the least likely out of the teams I mentioned, but you know, they're in a position to. Well, yeah, we'll see. I'm glad. I mean, yeah. A lot of people seem to think this, so I just don't. I think almost all the teams you named would be, it would be a lot. Well, well, it's because it, I was listening to our old podcast when we were talking about this. And if you're not going to take a tackle or receiver, you're either going to go with Kinlaw, I guess. You're either going to go with Kinlaw Brown, Queen or Murray, I guess, or Henderson. Or you're going to take a corner like Henderson, Fulton, or Gladney, you know? So it's yep. it's going to be about and in my opinion I don't know about you guys I think the tackles and the receivers have higher floors than all of those players with probably the exception of the two defensive tackles but with the caveat that the receiver position and the tackle position are I think more valuable than the defensive interior defensive line position so that's kind of what I don't I don't think that's the same for every yeah I don't know, know for every person looking at it and I think that there's going to be enough variety that we're going to see players like... I think Gladney's got a high floor, I do, too. Or someone drop. I think yeah. Gladney I has think, a really I want, high floor. I, I, think I want Gladney, Gladney at 17. Yeah. That's who I, I want the pick to be. I think Gladney's dust in the wind at 17, my man. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to another one here. Uh, and I think this is going to transition nicely into a little thing that was texted earlier. I also and, want to uh, say, well, yeah, never mind. Go ahead. This is a uh, first running back drafted. DeAndre Swift minus one eighty five. Jonathan Taylor plus one fifty. J.K. Dobbins plus eight fifty. Field plus fifteen hundred. Uh, it's got to be. Give me Dobbins Sam, in the field, Sam. baby. L- lockstep All with day. Lee. I like. I put money I would on too. Him now. <laughs> Log in, baby. I put money on that. Now. I mean, Dobbins at eight fifty is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I think. I think the Dolphins could take Dobbins at twenty six. I do too. I mean, and I think my my minor prophecy is that the Buccaneers aren't going to trade up for a tackle, and one isn't going to fall to them, and they're going to trade back and draft. Edward so, Lee, Solaire you think you think that four tackles back. go in the top thirteen? Uh, yeah, I think the tackles true. I don't think receivers. That's where my okay. halt is. I think that all the tackles will be gone by by the time the Buccaneers pick fourteen. I'm not where like are the, I, I don't. The, are the Broncos at fifteen? Yeah. yeah, they might have to move up, man. To get rugs, rugs, a tackle. No, I don't know no. if the Broncos are in a position where they they can do that. I I tend to agree with you guys. Just to, they're in a position where they have well, to though, because Bowles is terrible. Bowles is bad, but their line was like it was fine their last line year, dude. Decent like, last and year. They, and and the, and it's pretty young. Like they don't need to address it in the first round. Yeah, and I don't. Think. I know, like Klepp, you believe in Locke the most out of all of us to whatever extent that is. But unless, like the if the the, the Broncos are sticking with Locke, so like their their philosophy has to be 
we need to make Drew Life's lock as easy as possible. We need to do what the what the Jets should be doing. Yeah, but then like, what is Drew drafting Noah Fan like? I, well, I don't think that they're hurting for offensive weapons. And I think that if Drew Locke busts out, Dude, that drafting rugs would be Their number two receiver is Tim Patrick. No, they got Deshaun Hamilton. Well, Deshaun They're Hamilton has been that. underwhelming, and he's a slot, too. I'm not saying it's not a need, Tommy. I'm not saying it's not a need. I just don't think it's what they should do. Yeah. I mean... What would you do, Clive? Would you look corner or backer? I would, I would, I would uh, go... Or tackle? I'll, I mean, I would. hopefully I would get a tackle. Um... And then I would there. go corner because Tampa's taking your last hope at tackle if you had one. Yep. So, but, so I, I mean, I would, I would move up for one. You think or, that or, you think that Drew Locke would benefit more from a first round tackle? Yes. And and benching Garrett Bowles than he would from bringing in like a CD Lamb. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I disagree. I'm with Tommy here, and I don't like being with Tommy because I usually am on the tackle side of things, but I think in this particular situation that Tim Patrick is not the guy you want to move forward with as your number two, and Cortland Sutton just busted off as a number one, and he's going to start getting doubled, and I wouldn't have faith that Noah Fant is, is a, as good as he can be. He's yeah. not a number two pass catching well, option and right think now about, for, for your offense. But, but, but a lot of this comes from Leo. I mean, a lot of my, my – I mean, I think you can just get Michael Pittman in the second round. Yeah, you, you definitely – like receiver depth – You'd like, have I would, to trade I would, that second round pick to move up. I'd rather You'd have, have to trade that like, second round pick to move up. No, I don't yeah, know. You probably do. But yeah. like, I, I might even rather just like. I mean, I, I don't know, dude. I, I think like if you can get a tackle there at, at fifteen, up, and then it's like I can assets. get Michael Pittman in the second round. I think is better than getting C.D. Lamb and then like Ezra Cleveland. But Cleb, that's honestly that would just be because you're of your affinity to Pittman. I would say, or like, no, C.D. Lamb. I think the whole philosophy. With bringing Drew Locke in, and the whole way you succeeded last year with Drew Locke was opening it up. That's the whole thing you did. All right, you need if you, the whole way to yeah. open it up is to bring in a a, a receiver who can take the top off the defense. Rugs, Rugs is a perfect fit, Rugs. dude. He is a. I think it would be an overdraft. I think I think these receivers are good, but I think they're all overrated. I don't think any one of these guys is like straight up elite number one, high caliber, going to be bona fide worth a top ten pick. I don't. Do think you think they're all better than Cortland like, Sutton? I know you do. You do. No. You hated Cortland Sutton coming out. No, no. Like coming out, I was. Wrong. I know. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I was just wrong. Like, Cortland Sutton is is. I, really I mean, dude, good. I agree with you. He's, He's a really bona fide good. number one. But I'm just saying, compared to like the prospect of Cortland Sutton coming, out, I know Cortland Sutton has developed in all of these. But like, how can you not expect? Yeah, I was. I was wrong. Well, let's like, here. Let, been, let's pivot you know, here. Let's players, pivot here to know? a to a prop, and that's wide receivers in round one, five and a half. Give me that. Give me that over, man. Or actually. You got Judy Ruggs, oh, Judy Ruggs, uh, Lamb, Justin Lamb. Jefferson. I'm gonna go. I you. Uh, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under five and a half because I think the line should probably be four and a half. Under. I would go under as well. Four is the ceiling. Three are going in the top fifteen. Four is the ceiling. I disagree That's, with that. I think no, four is no, the no, ceiling. No, 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 no man. way. Yeah. I mean, I think the ceiling is six. I do too. Because I mean, Chenault yeah. can go. You can go. Yeah. I don't think Ayuk's going round one. You could, good, man. You very well could. Number one. Number one so. on my board, baby. Brian Edwards. Could go. <laughs> take a fifth round. Take a take a fifth. I mean, a fourth round prospect on the first round. All right, all right. Let's get to my let's get to my favorite prop here. Total Bama players taken in the first round, five wow. and a half. Okay. 
In my head, I have the locks as Rugs, Judy, um, Wills, and what about Tua. Um, and Tua are the locks, and then you have McKinney and Diggs. I think. But I think I think and I think one of those could go. But I think this is a lock for the under. I love this. I, I would love to put a lot of money on the under. Because I don't know if I see both Diggs and McKinney going. I don't think Diggs goes round one. I think Tua. I think all the guys you mentioned and McKinney go round one. So and that would we would still be. And that's yeah, five. I, dude, I like that a lot, Clep. That's an under look if I've ever seen it. That makes me feel like we're forgetting somebody. No, we're not. Because Leatherwood stayed, Devonta Smith stayed. That literally means that they're betting that that Trayvon Diggs and McKinney are going to be first round picks. Yeah. Okay. Both of them. They're packaging those guys together. What's the what's the juice on that? On the under. Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, <laughs> Offshore Adam, baby. Give me a second. I mean, this is worth taking a little bit of time and to this. figure out because I would I would put a lot of money on this. <laughs> I would too. Uh, the juice is someone minus just drafts like Terrell Lewis minus one forty. Yeah, that's. I mean, I would I would lay the wood on that. I mean, I think there's a chance Terrell Lewis or Raekwon Davis gets picked. <laughs> <laughs> we we each gonna throw a Benjamin. I'm on? throwing. Let's I'm throw throwing a Benji, Benji on. on that boy. I'm throwing a Benji on that. That's the only. What's the what's the ROI? What's to the win ROI two three hundred wins you two two fourteen. So we're each getting about seventy five back. One one hundred would would get you. Uh, Clap if I Venmo you. Can we go in on that? One hundred gets you seventy one. Clap if I Venmo you. Can we go in on that? Yeah, I don't have a my bookie account. Let me check. Or right, maybe I do. Let's check. I can't go back on my. Let's bookie. check that. Uh, let's check that Bovad. Is like Fox bet up or something? God. Waiting for a, a legit. Tell me about game. it, man. Jesus, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, what's what's the next prop? We got another proper. Um, there's a few other ones. Uh, more first round picks. Uh, O line or D line? Kind of like the O line there. Yep. Um, and that's minus one sixty. But I think that's a a pretty. I don't know. You'd have to look at the fine print to see what they consider as you know. Yeah. Is O-line Zach Bond a D lineman? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, um, you'd have to look, but I, off the top of my head, I mean, especially with people talking about Andrew Thomas potentially being a first round lock that no one's really considering, and then the chance that like a Caesar Ruiz could go yeah. late, like compared to, I mean, literally it would be Chase Young, um, you know, the the Kinlaw and Brown are the only. I mean, I know we like Gallimore a lot to go in the first, but. Chase Brown and, or sorry, Brown and Kinlaw would be the only two D, interior D-line locks in my head. Wow. I mean, I think you have, I think the floor for O-lineman in the first round is five. I, and it could get up to as high as seven. To be honest, man, I think the, the floor is six because I think Ruiz is going to go in the first. I think yeah, Miami I mean, at... Tw- I, I was I was being conservative yeah. with, the, with the five. I think Miami at 26, Seattle. I mean, dude, Baltimore. If Ruiz is on the board for... The Cowboys might trade back. Exactly. I mean, I did that. I don't know. What about, like, Chasen, though? Like, Chasen, Young, Yeeter, Grossmatos, Kinlaw, Brown. That's at five. Gallimore. Epineza. Your boy, I mean, your boy AJ could sneak in the first. No, he's not going round one. Um, Sidebar real quick because I'm looking at Bavada. Uh, they don't have the field, but they have Edwards Hilarely is plus 2,800 to be the first running back taken. That's some, that's some chunky juice. And also another side note, 
Ruggs is now at plus 185 to be the first receiver drafted. Last week he was plus 300. So you can take that for whatever that means. Feels like a great year to lose a lot of money or win a lot of money in the NFL yep. draft betting. <laughs> Ooh. What do you guys think of Jalen Hurts under 62 and a half? Draft position. Well, he was the, uh, he was another one that I had. Um, so for for my bookie, it's based on round. And so they had uh, the second round was plus 120. Third round was plus 110. Fourth through seventh round is plus 300. And then they had the first round is plus 800. Yeah, Bavada's similar, except they got one, plus 165 in the second, which is, I think, kind of nice. Lee, Lee, what do you think of uh, here? Let's 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 put Lee on this this hurts this hurts situation. Uh, we've got two separate hurts props here. One with Bavada, one with my bookie. Uh, Tommy, why don't you do yours first? The the you want to go the round by round one? No. The the number that you. Uh, sixty two and a half. So I think that's basically the second round. I would believe, right? Yeah, it would be the end of the second. I mean. Where would I bet that Jalen Hurts would Under go? Under or over? Sixty-two. Um, I would bet the under, for what it's worth. Yeah, I would. I would bet the under because I think the that someone would assume that he's like you know he's Dak, Lamar Jackson or something like that. I don't know. I mean, the um, the, the better value is almost to just do the Jalen Hurts drafted in round two for plus one sixty-five, because I don't think he's going to go in round one. Huh, yeah, that that's better odds than than my bookie. My bookie had um, first round plus eight hundred, second round plus one twenty, third round plus one ten, and then four through seven plus three hundred. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This can't be right. Glad Jeff Gladney draft position is under thirty two and a half is plus one forty. That's insane. It's whoa. it's minus. No, you're gonna you're gonna bet on it, and then you're gonna get an email saying, "Oh, there was yeah. a line error." So just save yourself. <laughs> Save yourself the dilemma. Let John Gooch tell you firsthand what's going to happen. Okay? And I can and I can bring you back to last spring when I was on my heater and I bet on the Warriors to win that series in 6 games when when they were down, they were down 2 nothing and I bet on them to win 4 straight. And and when they were up 3-2, I get an email from my bookie, the very service we were using on this podcast saying that it was a line error and that I'm, and that I, they, gave, they gave me my money back and I would have won $280. So don't, don't, talk, don't talk to me about Jeff Gladney. It's, it's ridiculous that they even put that up there and they're acting like – you should email them right now and say this is a line error and you should give it me is, money right now for letting you know. It's minus 180 for over 32 and a half. That's that, – I mean it has to be a line error. Unless they know something we don't. Unless Vegas knows something – or we're just all in the Jeff Gladney mirror room. That, yep. could, that could yeah, be happening. Where, where the guys... Where's the Parnell we... Motley juice? Yeah. Seriously. Well, I mean, if, if Henderson, Fulton, Terrell, um, yeah. you know... Diggs. Diggs, Jalen Johnson are all... You know, if, if Gladney's go- not gone by, like, I don't know... Man, I mean, is I there a chance Gladney a goes out of the first time. round just because of him being 5'10"? I have, I have such a hard time, Clap to bring up your comp with just Trey White. Like, how can someone, yeah. like, two years after that happened, or three years, 
be like, oh, he's 5'10". I don't know if we well, can take that Well, especially because you guys brought it up on the Corner Podcast, too. Marlon Humphrey and Marshawn Lattimore were both, like, better prospects than Christian Fulton, C.J. Henderson. I mean, everyone outside of Akuda in that next tier, I would say. Let's smash that Gladney line. Come on. Should I just put everything I got on it? That's right. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be happy if I'm wrong there, right? I'll be, I will too. I'll put in, I'll put in a lot. <laughs> I just am expecting you to get an email from them, and I want you to get that email because it's just so clear that this is why we're waiting for Foxbet because you don't have to go through this almost invisible middleman of like China of like yeah. if they're screwing with you or if they're you know. I don't Dude, know. Akuda is plus one hundred five for under four and a half. That that seems like uh it seems like they think that he's going to be going uh at five or six, like they're assuming. Yeah, that's just, I don't I know, man. That's like an even yeah. bet, basically. Yeah, I just like I wouldn't really like betting. I don't know if I want to. I've like looked at some of these, like you know Herbert five and a half. There, there's other things, but just with that top ten, I think things are either going to be like chalk, or it's mm-hmm. going to be like crazy like Mayhem. trades, and I have no control yeah. over that. Whereas like Gladney, like he's a top thirty two yep. player. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like it's when you're betting that you're just like really guessing at what's gonna happen with. I'd put movement. a grand on Jeff Gladney. Going Me too, man. Especially for for fourteen hundred dollars. Like with a straight face, right now, I would easily do that. I would. <laughs> I would. I would face the repercussions if that happens. <laughs> That's two weeks of work at City Press. All right, basically, it's a little bit less. When you're making the big bucks in City Press. Clap if you two week two weeks of hard work, just close your eyes and put that money on Jeff Gladney getting getting up and kissing his mama on draft night first round, because that's happening. I guarantee it. <laughs> to to clap to I'm looking at it right now. Instead of Herbert going under five and a half, I think the better value would be Herbert second quarterback drafted at plus two fifty. Mm, I don't know. I too think many variables. I think Tua goes. I mean, I think I, I. I agree with you in terms of value. like just like risk, and like saying like who knows what the hell is going to happen in the top ten. I'd rather just like say like oh who's valued more, but I think you would be hearing a lot more about injury concerns with Tua if they were there, and from all accounts, it kind of just seems like it's getting overlooked. Well, it seems. I also. I just like, it just seems that Miami is content between either of them for whatever reason, and I. Don't, yeah, but I also feel like they may just be putting yeah. that out there because they, they no want to drive down yeah. the price to move up yeah. to three. Tommy, there's no way you or anyone else outside of that real the brass knows how they feel about the quarterbacks this year in the draft. Like, they very well could be drafting, training for Joe Burrow. That could be a realistic thing more than we're mm-hmm. giving it off. Like, I'm not saying it is, but... And one thing I did want to point out, and oh. I said this in the group chat like a week ago, and none of you guys said anything. Um, it's going to be an interesting chess match of if the Chargers really want to make a push for Tua, kind of forcing the Dolphins' hands. Because I'm not, I don't have the picks in front of me right now, but I'm sure everyone listening and you guys can imagine the, the set of picks that the Dolphins have and the Chargers have. Like, it's five and six right there. So if the Chargers really want Tua that badly, I'm assuming they're going to offer that sixth pick to the Lions and then the, their second-round pick, which would be the sixth pick in the second round. Um, and, and the only way I think Miami can really Debo that offer is by offering their fifth pick and then 26. So I think those are the two offers there where Miami's going to, one way or another, if Burrow's well, off the board and Young's off the board and it's the Lions at three, they're going to be faced with 
the decision to make of, of, what, of whether or not they want Tua because they have more assets than and the Chargers do. Lee, do you think it's enough? Uh, sorry, I mean, I, I, do you think it's enough for the Lions if the Chargers say, we'll give you our second round pick and you'll move well, from three to six? Do you think that's I, enough for you to move back? Well, Absolutely. I was just, a, I was just about to bring up off top, I believe, when the Jets moved up from Darnold with Indianapolis, it was six because it was six to three, too. And it was six. Um, a two and a two next year because the Colts, as things have that, they, they picked Rocky Sin last year with the Jets pick. Um, so just to, to make it comparable, the Chargers would have to give up two twos. They'd have to give up the two this year and a two next year. I, I, I don't know if they necessarily would based on. I, I mean, we'll see. I think I don't know if they would the necessarily offer. based on the fact that if you go at three, the chances of Miami taking a quarterback that you don't take at five is high. Therefore, there's only going to yeah. be one more player that's going to be off the board, really, and that's going to be the Giants, who might take a probably will take a tackle who the Lions don't need. Yeah, I mean, and if you're the Lions, you when, get an easy free. I mean, second that was a trade that happened like you know way back in March. Yeah, yep. You know, so I, I think the I don't really think the Lions would move off a of three until draft day mm-hmm. either, um, because they want to see if Young yeah, is there. Definitely. Um, and then I think they'll move off the pick. If Young uh, comes available, another prop that just shot out to me, guys, that I think is is priced wrong is linebackers drafted in round one under three and a half is plus one hundred five. Over three and a half is minus one forty five. I don't think that Willie Gay or see, but it's like, are, do they include Caleb on Chasson as a as a linebacker? I would assume not, um, and I would assume they're only doing they wouldn't can include Zach Bond as a linebacker either, but um, maybe they are. I don't know that that's that's one that they'll yeah. decide after the draft yeah. is over. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, even if they're not, I kind of like that. I feel like one of these random linebackers is going to sneak into the first round, whether it be I would talk to Klepp about it, and he, I kind of just gauge where he was at, and he was ex- in extreme disbelief that a guy like Malik Harrison would get taken in the first round. Um, and I definitely understand where he's coming from, but I think that if you're a team like the Ravens, you know, and you like him a lot and what he brings to the table in, in run defense, and you think he can be a valuable asset. I, it- in my in my opinion, I think if 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 another linebacker, traditional linebacker that's not Zach Bond or Chase on goes, I think it's going to be Willie Gay, just because of his athletic profile. Yeah, no, that's another guy. I'm not necessarily in disagreement with you there. That's another guy. I just think because of the off the field stuff, but who could sneak into the end of the first round? There was a report about that, that wasn't there that he was yeah he was yep. climbing up a lot of people. Another another course. interesting one is safeties is that one and a half is even for under one and a half. So that's basically, I guess, like Delpit or Ashton Davis or Antoine Winfield don't go in the first round, or you know, and assuming McKinney does. I think that any safety prop I would not touch. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. I I'm would not touch there. any safety prop because I think Chin could go yeah. round one. No, that's true. Yeah, that is, that's a very good point. So that's one thing I did want to bring up, Clep, is after watching, I watched Chin tape today. Um, and I would change my percentage to like 65 that he goes in the first round. Yeah. I think that the upside is, is too good I to say, pass I think I was above 50, right? I think I, you I said you 55, Clep, or something I, like that. Yeah, I did ask you, but I think I threw in a thing. You threw in, yeah. I would say like 65 yeah. or, or or 70 maybe. Even. I think there's a high. Another uh, – well, and, and yeah. I'm happy you guys brought that up because I just wanted to say uh, I'm a big fan of Damon Arnett, but I, I think it's like a close to 0% chance he goes in the first round. Because of his age, because of yep. the athletic profile, and he's a guy who I think has legit character concerns that I've been hearing. I mean, the tape is awesome with him, but supposedly he almost quit the team. It was something weird like that with him, like leaving Ohio and like before the bowl game or something. There was some character concerns there, so I don't know. So I just wanted to. I, thanks for reminding me. I wanted to bring that up from your guys' last pod. 
Yeah, well, did you did you hear the thing that I brought up in the corner podcast about he would be the slowest first round pick? Yeah, like since the two thousands. I think least. it was since wasn't it since a kid from Mike Hughes was it Mike Hughes, but well, Mike Hughes ran a four yeah. five three. Arnett ran four five six. So I mean, Mike Hughes, Hughes and one other guy ran a four five three, and they were the two first round picks that I said that I could go back and find since two thousand yeah. that had run you know that slow. So. I think the the chances of Arnett going in the first round are, are I put it down to like five percent in that podcast. Yeah, I'd say it's like thirty five. I think he's on a Arnett pl- Island. I think he's a plug and play I, dude, too. Lee, I agree really with you. I think else I think the class. talent is there. I think he deserves to be. I think he's a first round talent, yeah. especially in this cornerback class, which I think the forty time does worry me. But at the same time, I don't put too much stock into that. Xavier McKinney ran a four six three, like. On tape, there's no way that guy runs a four six three. I'm sorry, like the, I, I, there are some exceptions you kind of have to make. Where if you, if I looked at Xavier McKinney's combine stats, I'd be like, there's no way this guy's a first round yeah. pick. But but I mean, you you throw on the tape and this guy's a playmaker. Um, and we'll get into safeties obviously another time. But I just think that when you throw on the tape with Arnett, you want to talk about like technique, ability, reps. I mean- and even his age, I think, works as an advantage in some ways where it just proves even more that he's just a plug-and-play guy. You throw him in on a defense, I'm sure he won't have as many character concerns when he's making them M's, them first-round M's. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> no, it's not true at all. Just, just throw him that in there. I, I think I think he'll be all yeah. right, though. I mean, you can look he at, knows. I mean, Clep, your boy Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. He ran a 4-8. I would have never thought that in my life, yes. that he would ever run that slow. <laughs> Dude was a baller for Wisconsin. Um, four eight, four eight is club speed, boy. Yep, that yeah. I, I think I was running, I was running four four nine senior year. I think slim slim club could hit that four nine four eight. A little finish, um, little. Ah. Yeah, Korean's probably running a five three. <laughs> Did uh, Green. was there? Uh, we're getting into Rogan territory, boys. Is there anything yeah, we, uh, else we that we are. wanted to put out here? I think that pretty much wraps it up. We we'll probably make a date here for uh, for safeties, but what like what safeties it. are we gonna do? Delpit, McKinney. I I wanted to go. I wanted to move to offense. Okay. Q stay scheming.